Hello, main characters, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Snark Notes. Today, same day as the last podcast, really, we're covering <laughs> chapters 10 through 15 of the, bir- the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which I have been actually calling a Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It's the? Yeah, it's the, which I don't like, because I've been calling it Abbasass <laughs> in my head, <laughs> but it's to to tobacco <laughs> to bases <laughs> i don't know but yeah anyway that's what it's called and it's the not a i gotta get my articles right um but but what was i saying <laughs> i got <Welcome>. gum <laughs> yeah I just hello <laughs> anyway i am mal I'm Paige. We didn't do this on the last episode. No, we did episode. not. We did not. I'm Ariel. <laughs> and we are your hosts. Um, Ariel is an official host, by the way, in case you didn't know. Because I took, you know, I deleted the the chapters um, from book five of Akatar mm-hmm. Because we're gonna, we're just going to have to redo those one day um, whenever the sixth book comes out. And we need a refresh. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We'll just do those then. And I'll uh, locate it to season one again. But anyway, she became an official host because, you know, she's always going to be here and we all like her commentary. Um, she's always she's she's pleasant. We can't just be in her house and not use her <laughs> for more I than just her house. Her. I'm eating, you know, we also are kind of like besties. <laughs> so it's not right not to have your bestie in the podcast, you know. Um, I was going to make a co-worker's joke. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Like, we're you know just co-workers, except we're not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so last episode we were kind of talking about uh, the rest of the games that happen, not just um, the ones that we know of, like not know of, but the, no- the ones that we've actually read into, like the 10th and the, the 74th and 75th. We talked a little bit about the 50th Hunger Games, but we're really interested to know if um, Suzanne Collins has a plan for the 25th Hunger Games. I want to know what the hell happened for it to be like not in any file and Ariel was mentioning how would they even vote for the people that they have to send off to the Hunger Games and she was like you do you want to talk about it yeah do you vote for the strongest do you vote for the people you don't like do you vote for the weakest like how do you make that decision who votes who gets to vote yeah Yeah, probably not everybody you know, I, I bet it would depend oh. on if the system was put in place by then of, like, the winner bringing stuff back to their home district. Because in that case, it's like... Oh, yeah. Are who's, th- who's most likely to bring home something? Do the districts want their tribute oh. to win? Or is it all petty with, like, you know, like we said, like, the rich kid's mom getting upset that mm-hmm. this other kid is doing better and they don't have as much money. So right. it's like... Or in this yeah, one, what? with it being rigged against Lucy, like would it be something like that? Another or? rigged one. Well, they did. Okay, so I know in the Hunger Games and the, maybe this is my fan fiction. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to separate the two. So, I mentioned, or maybe it's in the books that even whenever they have kids, that it's rigged. Like if a tribute who has won in the past, like a victor, has a kid, that kid is at some point rigged to be called as a tribute as well so it's like a family thing all of a sudden so like mm. they didn't want to have kids that could just be i don't know i've never heard that <laughs> did they have i'm like i'm trying to think of like the the victors well cedar cedar had kids and she was from district 11 or 
Yeah, I think District 11 and her kids were like crying that she was having to leave. But apparently, I'm I'm pretty sure this is actually like real, like canon. Um, is that if they had kids, it's been rigged in the past that those kids were called to be tributes and not all of them came back home. Okay. As like, because like those, it's like, oh, oh, it's their kids. It's nepotism, but in a bad way. Rigged or volunteered? Rigged. Because I could see, like, District mm. 2 being like... Yeah, but if you think about it, like, the even the, the victors of District 2, whenever they left and became victors, they knew the games were bad. Except for some of them. Some of them, of course. Some of them. But, not. like, even in, like, District 1, mm-hmm. um, their tributes, or their victors who were in the 75th Hunger Games, they were like, we just really wish that you guys could call this off, like, cancel it, because... We don't want to die like all this other like they were saying how they didn't want to be part of these games. So if they had kids, they'd probably be like, "Yeah, it's bad. Don't volunteer." Right. They wouldn't need to because they already have all that money anyway. Not even that, but like I understand the concept of the Hunger Games is like someone has to win, but I also think it would be like the capital's way of punishing those winners at the same time. Yeah, I mean like, that's whole the whole reason why they wanted to call the the victors back in to say you even yeah. you. Even can't you. win in the end. Yeah. So no one's above the capital is what the whole thing was yeah. with the, the 75th Hunger Games. Okay, just going back a little bit. I think the districts would handle the voting differently per district. I think it, it would be like um, probably I think the capital would probably say how they're supposed to do it. Say and doing are stupid. That's yeah. true. That's I true. feel like twelve would handle it very like solemnly, like who has no chance? <laughs> <laughs> who can we kill the fastest off? Like so they don't have fast- to suffer. Yeah. Who's already sick? <laughs> and like who's already got TB? Two would be like, yo, who's gonna br- bring us glory? Woo woo! They're a bunch of frat boys. <laughs> Someone in the middle might be like, yeah, who can give us food? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would work. Okay, on to it. Okay, let's start with chapter ten, guys. So, in chapter nine ended with I said, let's start chapter ten. Chapter nine, <laughs> <laughs> chapter nine ended with uh, his world exploding after him and Lucy start kind of flirting a little bit. Um, turns out bombs have been planted in the arena, and a beam lands on him, and he's on fire. If that doesn't give you Katniss, girl on fire, that's why he sends those little fire bombs after her. In the in the book, um, he is calling for help, and Lucy Gray she sees something and she hesitates for a moment before coming over, and he, he's like, "Lucy Gray, like, girl, calm down. It's not for you. Like she, she's about to die. She don't care if you if you die. Really. So how is this teeny tiny malnourished girl gonna move a whole beam that's on fire? That's on fire. Unless she has a, an adrenaline rush, um." Which apparently she does. Yeah. <laughs> but she, because she helps him up. Um, even though her hands burn. Um, there's an opening. I bet this moment is what really pissed Snow off in the 74th Hunger Games whenever they called Katniss the girl on fire. Because he was like, <laughs> I was the boy on fire. <laughs> he was like, this is my moment, not hers. He is so lame. <laughs> There was an opening at the entrance, it turns out, and he's sure that the other tributes had escaped. Um, she gave up her chance to escape to help him. Maddox come in, and he's like, it's okay, they're, he- they're here now, but they don't help her at all, actually. Um, the peacekeepers actually slammed their gun in her neck, 
and then force her on her knees. Um, and she doesn't get any help. Besides a vet, we learn later on. So they really treat these tributes like animals. Um, he wakes up on a Sunday in the hospital and tells Tigress that Lucy Gray saved him. Two tributes, both from District 6, were killed by shrapnel. The Ring Twins, their mentors, were killed as well. Three mentors were hospitalized, one having lost both legs. Jessup turns out saved his mentor, but his grandmother doesn't like that at all. Because he's like, she's like, oh, you shouldn't be saying that they saved you. You really think that they wanted to save you? They don't care about you. They're different than us. They're animals. Um, both pairs from District 1 and 2 made for the exit. District 1 kids were shot dead. District 2 girl made it past the river, but then leaped over the wall and died in the fall. That rhymes. Um, what a time to have, like, a haiku kind of moment. That was not a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Marcus had com- disappeared completely, and they have no clue where he is. His grandma thinks that the districts are celebrating in this moment, but Tigress is like, how do they even know? Because they don't watch the games. Yeah. Um, this is all very fishy to me. This whole situation is kind of fishy to me. <gasps> I was just about to say that, because they blame it on rebels, but how? How? Unless He says unless there's a capital cell that's still active. And then, I don't know, it's just something about the way that Dean Highbottom has been acting lately that I've been like, I don't know. Or Dr. Gall even planted the bombs to get more of an action to see what would happen, to see how people would would react so that people want the games to happen because they're like, oh, the Rebels are still on us. They're still winning over us technically. Like, maybe I, that's the case to right, rally. Push Hold on. Yeah. I love the theory that Highbottom conspired to plant these bombs well okay Wait, like high bottoms a rebel though yeah okay rebel or just trying to end the hunger games probably well both, both. but yeah. this is what i'm thinking so high bottom his name is never mentioned again in the series of the hunger games like never again after this and a lot of people that are mentioned who are kind of evil are mentioned again not dr gall of course gall is not mentioned again but her mutations are still there um but like crane Seneca Crane, head game maker in the 74th Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Crane, the one who ate yeah. the maid. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few more. Oh, Heavens Be, of course. Mm-hmm. But there's been a few that I've been like, oh, I, I recognize that name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I think that there's something going on with like these bombs being planted. But I think it's either a conspiracy with High Bottom or... Or they're trying to rally up people not liking the districts enough to call for more deaths because so many more mentors have died. Um, They don't really care about the tributes in the first place. So they're like, look at what the districts are still doing to us. We have to control them. We Uh, have to to, uh, teach them a lesson still. It's never going to end as long as they're allowed to live peacefully. So I think that's that's something to mention there. Yeah. Um, he asks about Lucy Gray and how she is, but no one knows. Six tributes are dead. More are injured. Three mentors are dead. Some game this is. Yeah, we're, we're really losing people. What in the Monopoly? You know, like oh, this is not no down? normal Monopoly over here. Are we down eight people at this point? Seven are dead. One's missing. Oh, six tributes are dead. One's so, missing. One was killed at the... More are uh, injured. 
No, six tributes dead altogether. Oh, okay. More are injured, but there's three mentors dead. And the three mentors dead is suddenly so much more than tributes dying. They're like, oh, how are we? There's no game really anymore. Okay. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, mentors, like. Mentors are also not that important right now. It, the first time we're having them. Um, his classmates come in and are telling him that class was canceled, but that they're expected to be at the twins' funerals. He goes back to sleep, and when he wakes up, Clemencia is there, standing over him, and she looks rough. She's I becoming bet. a snake, basically. Her her little lip, her little tongue is coming out of her mouth like Barty Crouch Jr. and Harry <laughs> Potter. <So. laughs> like that's that's what I'm imagining right now. Um, she's kind of scaly too. Um, she says that no one has come to see her, not even her parents, even though Snow saw them come t- to the hospital. And he's like, that's not true. Like, they were here. Um, and Clemencia says that they're not safe. No one. Not with Dr. Gall still around. Um, and that just gave me really bad vibes for Dr. Gall in general. Not that I've ever had good ones for her. I was just about to say, I've had bad vibes <laughs> from the beginning of the book. What do you mean? She's creepy. Not good. She's not good. No one in this book is good. But then also, like, low-key, she's Snow's mentor, so. Yeah. It's it's a little weird. It makes me think, how much is he genetically altered? Also, Mal, you've mm-hmm. read this book before? Mm-hmm. Is there a... Is Snow just evil, and then we, like, progressively see it get worse? Or is there, like, a moment? I can't... I'm Honestly, I can't remember. Okay. I think, like, for a little bit, you start to gain hope for him because I'm not going to ruin it for you. I know I know some things of what happens, and Ariel does too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a moment where it's just, like, he just snaps, and it's, like, crazy. Okay. But he's always been attention-seeking. He's a narcissist. Yeah. He, I mean, that's all he thinks about. Everything, I'm telling you guys, if you guys read this book, You'll notice everything he does has an ulterior motive to himself. Yeah. it's Well, that's why I was asking because usually like villain origin stories, it's like you sympathize with them. You understand why. You don't sympathize with anything Snow's going through. Right. I mean, he's like, oh, we don't have food. We have to eat cabbage. Shucks. (laughs) Boo-hoo. Boo fucking who. Yeah, no. So Snow, this entire, I'm telling you guys, the entire book. Anything he does, it's like, oh, but this makes me look good. Oh, I can't show my face. Like, I can't show myself looking sad because I don't look good like that. Like, he's always thinking about how to make himself look better at the expense of others. And, like, the fact that he does certain things later on, he's just like, I'll do it because it's going to help me. Like, even whenever he was giving Sejanus credit for bringing the sandwiches, it wasn't for Sejanus' sake. It wasn't to make Sejanus look good. It was so that he didn't get in trouble and get another demerit. It was to get the eyes off of him. Even though he still looked good by doing it. He didn't help um, Arachne to help her. He helped her because him looking panicked at the moment made him look bad. So, anyway. What was I talking about? (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Clemencia, <laughs> snake girl, um, is removed, but Cor- Coriolanus is worried that they'll kill him, the only witness as to what happened. The next day, though, of the funeral, his holographic self is up there singing, and it's even more extravagant than the last funeral. He's the one thinking all this stuff. He's like, wow, I really do sound like I carry uh, um, 
authority in my voice. Like, he's over there really complimenting himself. Like, "Hmm, you're so weird. Two more from District 9 died from their injury. So now we're up at eight. Because, um, so the vet that they sent couldn't heal them. And despite her pleas as to sending them to the hospital, they were ignored. Um, Wow, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. They and District 6 are draped around the horses' backs. The tributes from District 1 and the one district from, I mean, the one tribute from District 2 were being dragged by the horses down the road um, for, the, for the funeral. That's crazy. That's so sad. Oh, he goes home from the hospital, but all, he's just thinking this is so normal. He's just like, another day. <laughs> Another funeral. That's crazy. Like, you know, you always drag people by horses at funerals. You guys haven't done that? That's insane. No. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, <laughs> he goes home from the hospital, but all he can think about is Lucy Gray. He's over there jacking off, thinking fucking Lucy Gray and sniffing his rose powder. Um, Gross. <laughs> he's like <laughs> snorting it again, which uh, this is the point where I said I'm sure it's cocaine at this point. <laughs> Because his thoughts clear up after he snorts it. <laughs> no, it's the post-nut clarity. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have another mentor tribute meeting to prepare for the interviews. Now voluntary. <laughs> and it's awkward. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Like, he's <laughs> beaten up and bruised and dead. <laughs> Everyone's uncomfortable. Obviously, it's the Hunger Games. Um, he thanks Lucy for saving his life, and she says that he can thank her by thinking she can actually win the games. I'll tell him. Chapter 11. He agrees to help come up with a strategy to help her win, because he's like, let me think of a strategy, and she's like, no, let's do it together. Um, he asks if she would kill, but she says only in self-defense. Um, he says that the games are all self-defense. Her strategy, her strategy, though, is to just run. And waited out until the end, which reminds me of something that Hamish told Katniss whenever she first started the games, which is to run from the cornucopia. Run away. And get as far away as you can. Find water and get going. Um, He's going to try to get her sponsors, and she's going to sing to the, during the interview still, despite her voice being kind of like raspy from all the smoke inhalation. Dr. Gall is in their classroom, and Sejanus is going off on her. Like, I didn't write down everything that he said, but it's just like, it's a little, he, he goes off, and I love him for it. Um, so he says that life is not theirs for the taking, which, this whole quote by him, by the way, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Great. Um, he goes to leave after his outburst, but they've locked the room and lock them all in the room. And Coriolanus offers him a seat by him. And this causes Dean Highbottom to look at him confused. Again, I'm getting the vibes here that the Dean is actually some part of, like, the capital cell that ex- that exists. Because, like, the him, what? the capital cell, like, of the rebels that still exist. Why uh, does Coriolanus let him sit by him after that outburst? Who knows? Who knows? To make himself look better. <laughs> but the Dean... I feel like that wouldn't make him look good. Well, he, I think he understands, he has, like, this battle going on inside of his head where he kind of, like, understands because he's like, oh, Lucy Gray. But then he's like, fuck the districts, I'm better than all them. But Lucy Gray isn't really district. She's not really district. Um, so I think he does it just to, like, stop him from acting out. And I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know his motive here. Um, But I think the the dean doing all this this just the way that he looked at Coriolanus after this was just like hmm 
Interesting. But also it's mentioned later on that the Dean and Snow's father used to be friends and then they were no longer friends. Like his father never spoke to him again. And again, I think it has to do with something with the war. Does the Dean dislike um, Coriolanus? Yeah. yeah. Or he doesn't like them. Is and he I just like suspicious of him. I think he doesn't dislikes. like him because I think it has to do with something with his father. He sees through the snows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he knows they're poor and everything. Um, I don't think that's the <laughs> issue. <laughs> Dr. Gall says that the wars are won by heads, not hearts, to which someone says, I thought the war was over. And she says, let's think about it as ebbing and flowing. The only way to keep the upper hand is to control it, like with the Hunger Games. And then she gives them a task of writing an essay about everything they loved from the war. What? Homie. What did you like from the war? Mm, it ending. I liked um when I got to eat rations. <laughs> I liked smelling like poverty. <laughs> I liked seeing someone cannibalize all the others oh. and the rats living everywhere. Was the it things fuck? they like about war or just good points of war? Like good no, reasons for war? The things they liked about the war. Oh. She's insane. Um, he goes looking for a guitar and finally finds one. Do you think Sarjanus just didn't do the homework? <laughs> he definitely didn't. Oh, wait, no, he said that the only thing that he liked, this is later on, he says the only thing he liked was still living in the districts. Uh, That's what he mentions. Um, so he goes on looking for a guitar and he finally finds one. And the guy that he gets it from is the one that mentions that Dean Highbottom and Coriolanus, his father, used to frequent the club together. Um, but he says, tell Lucy Gray that I'll be rooting for her. She needs someone in the crowd rooting for her, which reminds me of something that Cinna said. It makes me think, oh, I wonder if Cinna and this other person's connected some way. Is that person named? He, he yeah, it's named, but Cinna doesn't have a last name. So I don't know Cinna's last name, but Cinna tells Katniss, whenever you're up there, just look for me in the crowd. I'm rooting for you. I think that it was just really callback. They're probably not really related because it's just words that are similar. <laughs> but you know, she likes to connect people. Yeah. Um, his name is Pluribus, the nightclub owner. He's the one that gives it to him. Um, but the idea that Highbottom and his father used to frequent the nightclub together catches Snow's attention um, because he's like, I've he's never been mentioned before. It's time for the interviews and lucky Flickerman, Caesar Flickerman, that's another mention. Mm -hmm. Um, is hosting them. He reveals that there's a new betting system, and then he starts the interviews. Only half of the tributes have something to actually present. The ones that do are kind of impressive for it being the Hunger Games. Like, oh, I can stab a sewing needle in someone's throat. Okay. <laughs> Slowly <Great>. backs away. <laughs> do you have any sewing needles on you? <laughs> like, should I be worried, you know? Mm -hmm. um for lucy gray her dress has been cleaned and she's kind of dressed up a bit you know and the crowd loves it she mentions a mockingjay here and coriolanus is like huh like what is that um and then he asks if it sings in her show and she says no it sings in yours ah! damn girl those are some bars ah! <laughs> like which is Drake like, here more <laughs> as to why snow hates the mockingjay in the whole series, it's like, uh. it sings in yours. It's the one that's going to fucking end you, bitch. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, she sings a song about her lover, and it wins the crowd over. But Coriolanus is jealous. <laughs> He's so mad. He's like, how dare she like someone else? I mean, fair. I get She's 16. <laughs> She's 16. You know how many crushes I had at 16? Probably everyone I saw. <laughs> Based off what you told us in the car today, I think that's true. <laughs> my, no, I can't. Well, my mom doesn't listen to this. So, <laughs> I hope she doesn't. So, my sexual awakening as to, not sexual awakening, that's <laughs> crazy. No, 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 no. Let me backtrack here. When I knew I was bisexual, one moment was um, Sharpay Evans in High School Musical 3, I Want It All dance scene with her short blonde wig and then all the, like, the pink wigged ladies who had like the cat ears on and were doing the high kicks. I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? I love this. (laughs) (laughs) These women are hot. (laughs) Or I'm sorry. These women are hot. These women are hot. These women are hot. These women are hot. What is going on? <laughs> that was Lucy Gray's version. <laughs> also, Mal's version. Can't take my future. We know Mal had an accent at this point in time, too. Oh, what? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeehaw, motherfuckers. <laughs> Can't take my past. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's so much funnier because the lights are on. <laughs> Can't take my pride. Can't take my future. That's so good. <laughs> so good. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <just> fucking stuff? <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, where was I? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, Lucy Gray's singing about a boy. Oh, uh, homies. Oh, Jones. yeah, that was yeah. in chapter eleven. <laughs> chapter twelve. Um, Snow's so mad. He's so jealous. He's fuming. I wrote so many, like, <laughs> short sentences. Tell us he's other ways mad. he could be angry. He's, <laughs> angry. he's <laughs> jealous. Oh, Snow is so mad. He is so He's jealous. melting. He's fuming. He doesn't think she should belong to anyone else but him, even though he doesn't really know her. <laughs> Crazy. He feels humiliated by it. Um, and he's like, Oh my god, that's awful. Shut the fuck up. Um, they hold hands on stage, and when they leave it, she starts to let go, but then he tightens his grip on her, and he says the choice of song surprised him. And she's like, oh, didn't you like it? And he's like, yeah, just surprised me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm not jealous at all. Yeah. Oh, a girl talked to you at work today? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like, Did she throw her off? <laughs> Anyway, he says that the choice of song surprised him. I wrote, nah, he wants to make sure she knows he's a walking red flag. <laughs> She's like, so this game, I don't know if I'll survive. <laughs> and he's like, nah, let's talk about that song, though. Who's that guy? <laughs> who the fuck's that guy? Who, who the fuck are you talking about? He's like, anyway, <laughs> let's ignore the fact that you're about to die. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Who's the guy you're fucking talking about? Who's the guy you fucking back at home? And she's like, I don't fucking have a home. She's like, well, at least you get to go home. You know, like, and mm-hmm. she's like, I'll kill that guy. Anyway. Is that how that scene played out in the movie? <laughs> no, he's fucking cool. Oh. He's, he's, okay. He hears her sing, but he's not even with her. That would have made I think me, in the movie. That would have made me wanted to watch it so much more. 
No, he played it off cool. Mal, I want you to uh, to sing a ballad. No, <laughs> to reenact like every couple squirrel in a book ever for me. Please, who's that fucking guy? <laughs> well, that's how he acted. I I know it. Um, but anyway, she's like. I think of it as payback to to a loose end I left behind in District 12. Don't worry about it, weirdo. Uh, <laughs> and he's <laughs> um, The peacekeepers come and round her up, but they're treating her like she's the star, and Coriolanus is like, no! I'm the star! <laughs> I'm a star! Please! Um, she belongs, she belongs to me. (laughs) He's like, she belongs to me. But that sentiment doesn't go away for him. Like, he's ridiculous. Anyway, so Janice brings his mom over to meet and greet with Snow. And she's so sweet. And she tells him that if he ever needs anything, they owe him. And he, he lies. And he's like, yeah, same here. He doesn't give a fuck about that old lady. Um... When Tigress comes... Oh, wait. That's different in the movie, I'm pretty sure. How? Well, A, that scene doesn't happen. But oh. B, because they play it off as them being, like, childhood friends, he already knows the parents. Oh. That's weird. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Go on. Um, when Tigress comes back to say how much he's got it in the bag, he's like, well, she's a slut, so... <laughs> Because, like, they're they're sitting there and they're talking about the song. And Tigress is like, yeah, I love that song. And he's like, well, she's a slut. Well, actually, he what says. he actually say? He says. <laughs> that's wow. what he says. He says, that song's a little scandalous, don't you think? Like, I can't believe she would choose that song. Like, it's talking about her using her charms to, you know, make her way through life, to make her money. That's exactly what she's doing. And Tigress yeah. says, well... Who of us haven't had to lose a little bit of dignity to make money since the things have happened? And at the beginning of this book, he was like, Tigress has never sold her body. And now he knows Tigress has. And he's like, I don't want, I don't even want to know the details of how far she had to go to keep us safe. And then he kind of is like thinking about this whole thing. And he's like, oh, I, I, I really guess it's really not that bad. You know, like I'm going to have to buck up and get over it a, a little bit not too much though he's still kind of pissed off about it but like he's like i'm just gonna think about myself now and that really helps him <laughs> of course it does <laughs> um tigress reprimands him for basically saying that lucy's a slut and then they they get home and the elevator is working and he's like oh this makes me forget all about lucy gray my elevator uh, and honestly i'm with them I'm with them on it. An elevator? Absolutely. Um, this is another supply closet. <laughs> no, no. It's just like an elevator that works. You know, it's great. Like, my knees can't handle going up and all the stairs. They're at the, the penthouse. Pent yeah, that's crazy. Pinted, pin, pimp it out house. Apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Coriolanus is worried that because the elevator is working, that they're going to have a rise in price. And honestly, probably because sounds like the landlords are probably about to sell that place. Like, they're probably about to improve it to get more money off of it. Sounds just like capitalism. Um, then he gets a glass of buttermilk. Why is he drinking buttermilk out of the, out of the carton? 
I'm kind of gross. Why are you drinking butter? First of all, people who drink milk plain are weird. Does buttermilk contain actual butter? People who drink milk plain. You mean milk? Yeah. <laughs> like with not like you're not eating it with cookies. Yeah. It's not on cereal. You're, you're just drinking milk. To drink milk. A cow's teated milk. People who drink milk regularly are probably victims of something. <laughs> that they don't want to go to therapy for. So they drink milk to compensate. Meanwhile, Snow with his war flashbacks, he's like, it's so bad I gotta drink buttermilk. That's crazy. Can you drink buttermilk? You shouldn't. That's just my opinion. I thought you kind of just put it in stuff, you know? Like People pancakes. cook with it. Yeah, I don't know. Can you drink it? You shouldn't. It's literally like soured milk. Have you ever smelled buttermilk? Imagine how his breath smells after that. Milk in general smells crazy. I know you drink milk by itself. That's why she's so just no, your defensiveness. No, no I told me last. She told me last night she was. <laughs> I already know. I was eating it. cookies and milk. Oh, uh, that's different. That's different. Yeah, you're My right. mom does just drink milk though. Your mom's she crazy. Your mom's last insane. time. Last time I was home, I think, or maybe, maybe not last time. I don't know. But I was sitting at the table reading after dinner, and she came in there and just fixed a glass of milk and was standing there drinking milk. And I was like, what are you doing? Exactly. Wait, 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 and she goes, on. this is my after dinner glass of milk. I was <gasps> like, you need to drink a glass of milk every night. <laughs> That's wild. Wait, hold on. Do we have the same feelings about chocolate milk? Some chalky milk? No. Okay. No, it's right. different. That's not plain milk. No. If you drink plain milk, if you drink buttermilk, you're a criminal. Go to jail. Immediately. I don't care who I'm offending. I don't just drink milk to drink milk. Aaron does. My doctor. <laughs> she always opinions. It's literally just Aaron. What the fuck, honestly, Coriolanus Snow? Like, honestly, the most egregious. This is the done. moment that I knew this man was absolutely evil. <laughs> the buttermilk. He drank a glass of buttermilk. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Ugh. Did he drink a glass of buttermilk? It in wasn't the, even in the this movie? whole time. He was worried about the cabbage. Because <laughs> that's insane. They knew. They would have lost no one, the audience. No one would have found Tom Blythe attractive if he drank a glass of milk in general, but buttermilk of all things. So that right. thick substance. I'm really trying to picture like movie scenes or something of someone drinking milk, and I can't. It's That's only- why the got milk thing got unattractive. People don't do that <laughs> shit anymore. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because people were like, you drink. That was a whole campaign. You because no one did milk? it. That's crazy. No one did it for a fucking reason. <laughs> Created psychopaths. Have you met the the millennials? <laughs> the millennials. <laughs> they drink too much milk. <laughs> too much. Millennials drink way too much milk. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. Well, that's ten minutes that needs to be cut. <laughs> it's no, not going to stay. That's staying in there. Anyway, he starts trying to write his essay about everything he loved from war. <laughs> Um, anything with a spectacle really appealed to him, from the parades to the fireworks and uniforms. Receiving turkey when they honored fallen soldiers. Uh, soldier, soldiers. Oh, soldiers. Heroes was actually the word I wrote down. Where did I get soldiers? Who knows? <laughs> um, leads me to think this is what encouraged them to do the victor's districts with, like, the riches of food and shit whenever they, they went. <coughs> um, and then the treasure... Because he was like, it was a real treasure or whatever. He's talking about like how he immediately shut the door as soon as the peacekeepers delivered the, the turkey. Because um, he didn't want anyone else to see what they had. It reminds me of like the tessera or the tesserae for those who had to, who added their names into the drawing or into the reaping to get more food. Um, 
They're back in class and they're discussing interviews. Tanner, District 10 boy, and Jessup are favored to win. But Lucy Gray has a majority of the gifts. This goes to show that they love romantics. Hence why Snow doesn't believe in like the whole star-crossed lovers thing with Peta and, and Katniss. Um, because they're all like romanticizing it. And they're, they realize, like, oh, it doesn't matter who they think is actually going to win. They care about people who they can fall in love with. Um, they start presenting their essays, and they're all romanticizing war. And Snow is, of course, he thinks he's better than everyone because he doesn't mention half the shit in his essay. But he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> he's not. Um, but Sejanus said that the best part of the war is still living was still living in District Two. Doctor Gall, because he asked, "What what was your favorite part of the war?" Doctor Gall, uh, Doctor Gall says her favorite part of the war was that it proved her right that the districts. She didn't say this. This is what I'm assuming is that the district people will always be district people, because this is right after Sejanus says what he says. Um, they will always be less than the capital. Um, the games are starting soon, and they have the drones. They're working on the drones to deliver the tributes, their gifts, um, using facial recognition to drop their prizes. They will be doing mentor commentary with Lucky Flickerman, and they've put Coriolanus in at 8.15, and Lucky Flickerman says it's because they don't think Lucy Gray is going to make it very long, and that kind of makes him mad because it's not really the fact that they think Lucy Gray is going to die quickly. It's the fact that they don't think Coriolanus's mentee is going to last. Because it's connected to, to Snow. And if they don't think she's going to last, that means they don't have faith in him. Right. Ugh, this man. Um, this saddens Snow for a moment. Loser boyfriend comment on page 185 is insane. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, yeah? Page, what does page... Oh, the previous night's jealousy over her loser of a boyfriend... And the way her star quality sometimes outshone his own evaporated. The comment Bruh. that he ha she has a loser of a boyfriend is insane to me. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, <clears throat> he's trying to think of a parting gift to her, and he comes up. He doesn't really come up with anything, but apparently comes up with like a few things, like the. Um, he comes up with some out of pocket answers. He decides on. <laughs> Like, a, a, some locks of his hair tied around a ribbon. You're insane. Like, he's insane to think, oh, this is, is a great weird. gift for her. Proof that they are weirdos. <laughs> uh, yeah, they belong together for real. No, bro, she wants food. <laughs> she wants to live. <laughs> yeah. Try that. Try getting her out of there. Um, <laughs> He decides to give her a handkerchief and parting. And Tigress asks him to tell her that she's rooting for her. And his grandma says to tell her that she's sorry that she has to die. Obviously not too sorry. <laughs> um, he gives Lucy Gray some food, and then he says that she can share it with Jessup, but he's stopped eating, and he's been acting funny recently. I know what this is. Same. But Reapers apologize for having to kill them. <laughs> Good job, Reaper. Um, and then Jessup spit in his eye after, which is important. Um... Lucy Gray starts to cry because she doesn't want to die, and this tugs on his heartstrings for a moment. Um, he wants to call her girlfriend. Girl what? <laughs> Girl what? Because he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know. Is she my sweetheart? Is she my honey? Is she my girlfriend? 
What? She's none of those things. You were you were insane. You were so he's Delulu. He's Delulu. He is Delulu for real. Um, I thought that was insane for I him. I think to... you should ask first. <laughs> right? Like, first of all, you don't know her. <laughs> like you met her a few days ago and she's a tribute and you're sending her off to die. You guys haven't really had much conversation besides that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you bonded over your dead parents, but is that all it takes? Not for me. <laughs> it's re- Dude, it's really good writing. Like, it's actually really impressive because you know he turns out evil, but he doesn't say or think anything that makes you go, like, you're a terrible fucking person. It's just all these little breadcrumbs are like, what? Like, why would you think that? You're yeah, kind of insane. Yeah. Um, anyway, he gives her his mom's compact with no powder in it because he snorted it all. That's not true. He did not. He just took it out because he says that she can put her own powder in it. I don't know what that means. Chapter 13, I know what it means. Rat poison. (laughs) He's literally talking about rat poison. He wants her to fill it up with that. Um, they kiss. Like, hardcore make out as a goodbye. Nice. That she escalated. She did? But here's my thing on that. I think she's using Coriolanus to to get what he keeps giving her. Like all these gifts, all this food, and she knows she's playing she's, smart. she's playing into his delusional ways because he'll support her more. She knows what think, it takes. Do you think she thinks he's like kind of self absorbed narcissist? Or do you Yeah. Think, or do you think she's just like, okay, well, if I keep being nice to him, he will help me. Yeah, I think, think it's, it's a little like, bit of both. I think she gets the fact like he's thinking about himself this whole time. Because he's the one that's like, I think you should sing. I think it'll do well for us. I don't yeah. think I don't think she fully um I don't think she fully knows though, either. I'm gonna go with that. Like I think she I think she's smart and like playing it. Like, I think those kinds of comments, like, she just seems him viewing them as a team. Like, he's like, oh, well, he's my mentor. We're a team. We're into this together kind of thing. But I don't think she's totally using him. I don't know. I think she's playing it. I, I think she's doing well at it. Um, what does she get from him, though? Gifts. His support for her, for him to, like, continue to push her to do things. Like, come up with new ideas for them to do. The whole strategy thing. Um, uh, sending maybe. her gifts whenever he needs to send them to her. I mean, he kind of came up with Oh, like, yeah, because they are in charge of that. I forgot yeah. about that. He kind of suggested getting them food, you know, mm-hmm. like in the games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, anyway, that man is horny and on his way home. It was his first kiss for real, but not really, apparently. Apparently he's a player. You're right. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> Wait. Was it his first kiss or no? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't, but it was the first one that he actually enjoyed. Um, okay, player. But, like, apparently he's a player, but what an unreliable narrator he is, honestly, because I don't trust a damn thing he says about himself, because he's like, mm. you know, like, I could be taller. Like, I bet he'd be like, yeah, my dick is 10 inches. It's, like, two. So, like, <laughs> my dick could be bigger. <laughs> no, he, like, he, like, he, that's probably his problem. He's like, he's like, oh, I could have been taller and bigger, and he doesn't mean in a way, like, height. He's meaning his dick. He's got a he's got a he's got a micro penis. <gasps> and that's the whole problem. That's the whole issue. That's the whole issue. He's got a belly button penis. <laughs> it's an inning. <laughs> it's an inning. 
villain origin story micro penis. It's an itty. It's an itty. <laughs> it's not now here. Oh, anyway. Um, he's such a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got to be to make up for it. <laughs> uh, he's into Take power play. What? He's into power play, definitely. Right. Definitely. Right. Um, he, <laughs> he goes to sleep thinking about Lucy Graybeard. Of course he does. No, of course he does. And how she is really a second class citizen. <laughs> He's like, hmm, I have power over her. That's pretty nice. Um, That's but weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, But she's like a second class citizen, but like maybe not really. You know, like he's trying to talk himself into liking her. He's like, mm, you know, maybe she's really not district. Maybe maybe she's not. Maybe Maybe we are equals. That's why I kissed her. Just say you kiss the ground and get over it. Because that's how he's thinking. Like, oh, it's it's as good as kissing dirt. He's, like, kind of disgusted with himself he's, for liking her. He's talking her up to make himself seem exactly. better for his feelings. That's wild. Um, He's on screen now, and they're talking about the kiss. Dr. Gall is like, too bad she'll be dead. But Snow doesn't really take that bait and, like, go off of it. He's just like, okay, whatever. Um, another tribute died in the middle of the night, District 5, from asthma or whatever. Great description. And the vet <laughs> the vet couldn't help him um, because it's a vet. Um, Snow tries to play off the fact for the cameras. <laughs> Snow tries to play off the fact for the cameras that Lucy Gray is not really district. In fact, she's in a way kind of capital. Shut the fuck up, bro. That's so annoying. She's really... She's she's really a hillbilly. Let's be honest. <laughs> what if her singing and all of these things is really just yodeling? <laughs> I mean, I love it. <laughs> um, and they're like trying to make up the words for it because they're like, I don't understand, but we're saying that this is what's being sang. <laughs> I think she mentioned a boyfriend. <laughs> Sounds like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser boyfriend of hers. <laughs> um, when Jessup's mentor gets up, he's she's kind of upset that Coriolanus separated him and Lucy Gray from being the same and from the same place because they're supposed to be allies. Okay. Um, Dean Highbottom suggests that this is wrong again because he's like, this isn't how it should be. Um, they all leave together, and the dean says that Sejanus will need to sit by the door. He doesn't really say why. He's like, I think your friend should take a seat by the the door like the exit door when they start to get ready to watch oh list l- li- listerine <laughs> i have it written down it's like l y s i s t r a t a yeah that's listerine this is straw she's still upset about snow not putting jessup and gray together Gr- jessup and Lucy together. Yeah. But she suggests that they're being used, basically being brainwashed into believing that what they're doing is okay. They aren't bringing the harm, but they aren't stopping it either. And this kind of catches uh, Coriolanus's attention for a second. Again, just a second. And then Clemencia shows up, and she's very mad at Snow for not coming to see her, and she's like yelling at him in front of everyone. And um, she's like, you didn't even tell anyone what happened, but everyone was like, girl, chill. He can't help you got sick with the flu. And she's like, that's not what happened. And she's, like, gone insane, honestly. Um, And then, anyway, the games begin. And hanging in the middle of the arena 
badly beaten is Marcus. And he is still alive, but barely. And that's how chapter 13 ends. Chapter 14, Sejanus calls everyone in there monsters. Like, he freaks out. He throws a chair to the screens. And Coriolanus is like, that's a little far. You shouldn't have thrown a chair. (laughs) It's one thing, like, you know, saying, like, oh, this isn't right. But to throw a chair at a screen and call us all monsters? (laughs) How dare him. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And then he bolts from the room. Um, Lucy starts running away from everyone, and but the others also go. They grab their weapons and just go. Um, the first action is from the District 7. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention. Reaper's kind of disappointed that everyone ran away. He wanted to fight. He wanted to end it quickly, rather. The first action is from the District 7 girl chopping Marcus's head off. Why? He wasn't that... I mean, I think it was, you know, to save him from all the pain, but... They act like it's for, like, oh, she finally, the first person's dead. The first person, she killed the first person. Yay. But it's like, he wasn't really much of a threat. Yeah. Also, it's it was to definitely end his suffering. Um, but they start cheering, which now they're realizing, like, now that they have some tie, the people in the games, like, oh, this is, this is going to really go off. The first tribute gift is sent, and it breaks, but then a replacement is sent. At first, they don't think a replacement is going to be sent. And the guy is, like, freaking out over it. He's like, oh, this is not fair. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the games are dragging on with not much action. Um, Lucky asks Dr. Gall what gives, and she says that they'll come out of um, hiding eventually for food. Because they really can't follow the tributes around at this point like they do in the other games. Like, they literally have cameras that are everywhere watching them, literally following them. It could be a fly following them somewhere. But in this one, they hide out in, like, the stands and everything. So it's not much for viewing. Um, District 3 comes out of hiding and starts to mess around with the drones, and they get some food. Um, But District 3 is a technology giant, so... That's how they're able to do that. Reaper comes out with his district partner who's dying of TB, most likely. Mentor tries to send <laughs> her water, but District 7 steals it, and the girl from District 11 dies. Um, they leave, so all the mentors leave for the night, and Coriolanus is wondering if Lucy Gray is thinking of him. I don't think so. I think she's Maybe more thinking about, about the survival. fact that she's going to survive or not. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Plinth is at their apartment crying. Sejanus never came home. Snow says that he probably just needed some time by himself, but as Mrs. Plinth is starting to leave, something catches her attention on the screen. Someone is running towards Marcus, towards the girl that is um, asleep above Marcus, and he's like, oh, finally, maybe there's some action. But it's Sejanus. Um, Chapter 15. Sejanus is trying to make Marcus more presentable. He sprinkles some breadcrumbs over his body so that he has food on his journey into the afterlife. Oh, which should be sprinkled. Yeah, and that's kind of um, synonymous to what Katniss did with Rue, which is why they didn't air it, I think. That's why Snow was like, fuck that bitch. Um, because Sejanus did that with Marcus. Um, did some kind of tribute to him. Um, Dr. Gall calls and wants to know what the fuck his friend is doing. And he's like, whoa, whoa, that is not my friend. <laughs> I do not like that man one bit. Um, 
but she's not believing it. She's trying to fix the situation and orders him and Sejanus' mother to leave and go to the arena right away, which I'd be like, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> because I know this man. But I'm thinking of Snow's Panem, not this current Panem. That's why I was, I would be like, oh, fuck, no, I wouldn't even speak out against people. But that's because that's this, that's a Panem that Snow eventually created. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's not as dangerous yet. Yeah, it's not. Crazy enough. Um, his mother is concerned about him being in trouble with the capital, and as they are driving, she's talking about everything and how she just wanted him to fit in, and Cory Lanez is like, I don't give a fuck. I do not care about your kid. I don't care about your story. Just shut the fuck up and drive. Like, I can't even believe I'm being dragged into this. He's using my name and dragging it through the dirt just because I, I let him sit next to me. Um, your son is trying to ruin my future, basically, is what he's thinking this whole time. Um, but they get to the arena, and Dr. Gall is looking for ideas to get him out, and Coriolanus is like, he has to think it's the right thing to do. Like, he himself has to come up with the idea and think it's the right thing to do. Um, they suggest he go in and retrieve him, um, and they cover him in armor and pepper spray. He's like, not a weapon? Not like, not like a gun? And, he, and they're like, you're not trained. No, go in. And they send him on his merry way. Um, he's preparing to go in, and they show him how to get out. They're just like, oh, if once you cross everything and get past all these little dark areas that some tributes might be hiding in with some weapons, we'll lower the barrier whenever we see you coming and let you out. That's reliable. <laughs> um, anyway, they have no instructions on if he can't convince Sejanus to get out, though. He has to stay until his mission's successful. I'd be hey, I'm sorry, off. I didn't realize he was up uh, the black ops like the, the like a green beret. Well, they think that that they're best friends, so then he'll be able to convince them like you got to get out because I think the way this is going to play out is or it kind of does play out this way is Snow's like, "Well, I can't leave until you leave." So, if you go down, I go down. Yeah. And we're besties. Besties. You don't want your bestie <laughs> to die. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I feel like I don't <laughs> fucking know him. Y'all seen those um those memes that are like, would you sell your best friend for a hamburger? And it's that baby eating the hamburger crying. <laughs> Linus is so worried about being attacked by men- by tributes whenever he enters. I'm sure so the tributes are. I think the tributes are just as worried when they enter the arena. I'm glad you get to feel a little bit of worry, a little bit of panic when you go in. But he's too worried about how he looks on screen. But luckily they've, they've blacked it out so they can't see. Um, but he makes it over to Sejanus, who's in shock. Sejanus doesn't plan on moving, though, and there is someone in the distance. Like, Coriolanus is seeing, like, he's like, oh, I think I see someone, but he doesn't alert Sejanus to that. He says that Coriolanus should leave because he wants the tributes to kill him, basically. He's like, if they go down, I go down. I'm one of them. Coriolanus plays friends with Sejanus, though, even though he really doesn't like him. And Sejanus is like, ugh, you're such a good friend. Like, you know what? You always take up for me. You all, I sound like George Santos right now. Anyway, <laughs> so Janice is like, you're such a great friend. Like, really? You treat me so well. Like, you really take up for me. And, like, we're besties. And Snow's like, uh-huh. Sure. Anyway, get the fuck out of here. Um, Corey and Linus can sense someone's coming, and there's a small cough. I was thinking, definitely, Reaper. Um, so Janice is like... I have to die for the cause. I need them to see me protest. But then Coriolanus is like, 
they have the screens blacked out, bro. Right. They're not going to see your protest. They're not going to see you die. You're just going to die in vain. Um, he finally convinces Sejanus to leave, but Sejanus doesn't want to leave Marcus's body. He agrees to help carry him, and they're really close to the barricade. Like, literally, like, 10, me- 10, 10 yards away, something like 10 feet away. I don't know my distances, okay? I am spatial unaware. Spatially unaware. Yeah. Um, they're close to the barricade when Bobbin, I don't remember that guy, comes up from behind him and comes down with his knife onto Coriolanus's armor. That's how chapter 15 ends, along with, so, not Reaper. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought the cough definitely came from Reaper. But anyway, that's how that ends. To reiterate the point, like, the movie makes you think they're besties. And that he's like, I have to get my friend out. This is an inconvenience, but I have to get him out. He's up to it again. And then in the books, I mean, I'm sure you'll get there. It's just like, oh, by the way, Ariel hasn't finished reading this section. (laughs) But... In this part, he's really, like, dogging on how much he doesn't like Sejanus. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, this motherfucker. I don't fucking like him. He's like, come on, bro. Like, we gotta go, because I will look bad. I think I'm, like, sad. Why? <laughs> I want him to be, like, morally gray. and like He's not. Something bad happens, but he's, he's just, just bad. Yeah. He's, he's not just great. Bad. Which I think they, so I think Suzanne Collins did a really great job with writing Snow as the villain he is. Like, she made it clear in the book, at least. He's not a good guy. Like, there's not a second that you're like, hmm, he's pretty good. No, you're like, he's, he's kind of fucked up. Like, he doesn't really think nice things. <laughs> like, he's really concerned about himself. You also, at the same time, though, you don't totally hate him, so you're kind of rooting on, like, okay, but maybe he can be good. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's he'll, redemption coming. Maybe he'll see it. Like, maybe right. he'll see his ways. You know, he's brainwashed. But he's just, like, you get from the beginning, like, he's not a great guy. And she doesn't really make you want to fall in love with him. I know I don't want to. It's almost, like, I know people start, like, are calling this, um... A villain origin story, but it's almost the opposite because villain origin stories are like, okay, there's this bad thing that happens that makes them evil. And like this book is the example of no, he's just evil. And this is how one person can change the entire fucking event of a country. Exactly. Like, you like, give one, the wrong person too much power, and you can't it. have this mentality. I know we all do this. We all have this. I'm guilty of it. It's like that I can fix him mentality. Right? <laughs> like, oh, he's just traumatized from like something that happened in a past relationship. Like, no, he's just fucked the fuck up. Like, with Voldemort. <laughs> Me. I'm like. He just needed. Shut up. <laughs> I was like, he just needed he just someone needed to fall in, in love. Like, he just needed to be shown what love really is. But no, that man just always been fucked up. That's why I think everyone who watches the movie should definitely read this book. It's almost like I think this is a really good example of how like books and movies can kind of exist together. Because in this mm-hmm. case, it's like they just sort of enhance each other. They do. Like you, you get his story inside his head in the and book, and then you see how everyone else is seeing exactly. him. Exactly. Because like reading the book, you're like, why does anyone even like this guy? And but it's, it's like because of the way he's portraying himself, the way yeah. he's literally using Lucy to make himself even higher up. Because his whole thing is status. He doesn't want people to think that he doesn't have power and he doesn't have status. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, um, I guess that's all we have for today. We'll see you guys next week, main characters. Thank you for listening. Bye. Can't take my brain. Can't take my future. <laughs>